Welcome you into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Dave Shoptoff, C70 the Bat, at C70 on Twitter with me. As always, Alan Medlock from Red Dirt Red Bird at Medlock one on Twitter. Coming to you Saturday, the 17th of December. Hope everybody's having a good holiday season, getting ready for uh, Christmas next week, if that's what you do. Um, I know that we do that a lot around here. Um, so we're kind of scrambling around to get all of our final stuff done. Um, what the, I guess the Alan, let's, let's segue that Cardinals haven't necessarily scrambled to do everything that they need to do, but they have gotten the big present under the tree. That's Wilson Contreras who signed a deal with the Cardinals five-year deal with an option. Um, signed that a little bit after our last show. Um, and with, oh, let's just start with Contreras. Let's just start with the, him in particular. What'd you think? Uh, well, in in previous shows, uh, good morning, by the way, in previous shows, we um, we had talked and I was pretty, uh, pretty, um, I was, th- let's just put it this way. The move ultimately surprised me, not because they, they made it. You could kind of tell that this was one of those that mm-hmm. was almost too good to be true. Kind of like the Fowler situation, which that's kind of the last comp I really want to put toward right, Fowler right. and not in a bad way, but that was just the. The negative tone of it, that's that's how everybody approached the, the signing. Um, it surprised me that they went out and um, and made the move and and did it and gave up the draft pick and all that stuff to, to bring him in. Um, I'm, I'm completely fine with the move. I think it's going to be an offensive upgrade. We talked about that on the last show as well, about how anything to come in <clears throat> offensively is going to be is going to be an upgrade of what we've seen is as painful as it is, it is to admit, you know, for mm-hmm. with what Molina has meant to the, to you know, fan base into the ball club and all that. So I think that this will be a, uh, this will be a good signing. I I'm pleased with the numbers, the number, like I'm never worried. I never worry about those on the contracts and, and I feel like it'll play out well. And, and what I like is the the due diligence and the things they said of some of the intangibles that they felt like he brings that uh, is going to be good for the ball club. And and there are times where you felt like like uh, Nolan was the was the only raw raw guy on the team, and I don't feel like you're going to get that with Contreras. I think that he's going to be pretty fiery, and and we've always wanted that rusty nail. So I, I mean, I feel like this was a good signing. I know that uh, after you see the Murphy trade and and some of the return on that, there was some disgruntled portion of the fan base that thought, well, they could give that up. But those are just discussions that we'll never know. And I feel like 
you know, the uh, acquisition cost of Murphy was too high that they wanted to do, or maybe they didn't even look as in-depth as they, as they thought on that. And they had circled Contreras from the beginning. So it's one of those to where to get the biggest name on the, on the, uh, at that position in the uh, free agent pool is exciting. And that's something that we don't always see the Cardinals do. Yeah. I mean, that, that is true. And like you said, I mean, there are comparisons to the Fowler situation, uh, you know, and the, there's, I'm not saying this is a Fowler contract or anything like that, but you know, I, I the top free agent at a position of need um, who happens to be playing for the Cubs, um, you know, there are times, you know, like I said, I don't feel like this is one of those with Fowler, besides the fact that he started off bad and, you know, kind of struggled Tommy Pham came out of not necessarily nowhere, but we all kind of, but he really put it all together and had such a great year that people were like, why did you sign Fowler? You know, I don't think you're going to have to worry about Yvonne Herrera, you know, having a great um, 2023 and people were like, well, why did we bother signing Contreras when we had Herrera here? Um, that being said, what does this mean for, Kisner and Herrera. I mean, Kisner, it does feel to me, and I don't know that it's fair. I know a lot of people are down on Kisner, and I know that he didn't necessarily have the greatest year last year at all, but I, I still feel like, you know, maybe there's still some growth potential there. Um, but it kind of feels like to me that this puts Kisner as he's a backup catcher, probably for the rest of his career. What does this mean for Yvonne Herrera? Because, you know, even if you think by the end of this contract that Wilson Contreras isn't going to be catching all the time, he's still going to be catching a majority of the games for the next two or three years. Yvonne Herrera has already had a season in Memphis. You got to figure that he should be, if he's the guy that, you know, a top hundred prospect and, and the guy that you kind of think that you thought you had, doesn't he need to be, you know, starting in the big leagues over, you know, sometime in the next couple of years. Uh, and, and when you've got Contreras for five, I, I just don't know where, how you, how you get a, a good career out of, of on Herrera while signing a guy like this. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it's, it, it's one of those that, that raised questions too. Be, and you, it kind of makes me wonder if Herrera isn't part of any pitching deal like that, mm-hmm. that they may be turning around. Cause I, I kind of, uh, I fe- we haven't talked about Herrera so much because we our conversations and even some of our online conversations have turned into man, Kisner's kind of getting beat up on this, and you know his name's never even brought up. It's like we need a catcher so bad, like we have, you, you know what I mean. Some right, of the conversations right. we've had about it, yeah. it's like, hey, hey, this guy's worthless. We need somebody, but it's not. I don't feel like that's the way that it was. I do feel like Kisner was approached about this and said, hey we're going to need an upgrade here. We love what you do to bring to the ball club, you know, type situation. Now that with that possibly being addressed, and that's maybe even hypothetical, you know, mm-hmm. the Herrera situation doesn't make a lot of sense because, you know, he gets called up in two different, I, if I, if I'm right, I think he was, was called up one time actively. And then I think he was another one on the, uh, uh, what's the three man deal. The, uh, Travel squad, basically. Yeah, tra- he was on taxi squad. He was. Yeah. He came up. He came up once when Yachty was out for like extended period of time, and then he came up for like two days when Yachty was out 
for something else. Uh, yeah. yeah he was Texas quarterback. And minimal appearances, correct? Right. right. Okay. Yeah. The second time he only got like an at bat. He didn't even get a start. So. Sure. Which, you know, and it's one of those to where, yeah, obviously that position is blocked, you know, for a while. And, and catcher is also one of those positions If even if you're not comfortable with, uh, with Kisner as your backup, you can go sign somebody fairly inexpensive. That's how the, a lot of these guys hang on. So I would like to know the, the organizational thought process on how they are going to handle him. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's one of the names that moves in any potential for, for an arm, if that's what they're looking for, which I would think they probably are. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of hope in my voice on that, <laughs> that they are, but you know, I, I'm not, there's surely not a clear pathway to him being an everyday catcher or a, a clear backup catcher at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, it, yes, he could spend a, he could spend 2023 at AAA and it not be a big deal. Cause yeah. he, you know, two years at, in Memphis. Okay. Fine. Yeah. I get that. But by 2024, he's got to be, you know, I would think it, in regular development, he's got to be, in the big leagues and Wilson Contreras is still going to be catching in 2024 for the most part. Uh, and I think Contreras is going to, I think Contreras is going to catch a lot in this contract. I think, you know, they talked to him, uh, yeah. read, read the reporting that they've talked to him and said, Hey, look, you know, <laughs> we're used to a guy catching 150 games a year. <laughs> we don't expect that, but you know, you can't be catching, you know, like half the time or something. And he, he said, yeah, he's you know, 120 games or something. So I think he's going to do that for at least, you know, bar an injury and all that stuff. He's going to do that for at least the first three years of that contract. And maybe, you know, in the last couple of years, I don't know that he'll, I think he'll still be out there too. You know, that's 30, it's 34, 35 for him. Um, so, yeah, I just don't – I think you're right. I think Herrera becomes a lot more likely to be dealt in something. Yeah. Whether it's now, whether it's the trade deadline, um, and probably now, right? I mean, if you if you can make a deal with him now, that's a good quality deal. Then I think you do it because there's still some potential on Herrera. If he has a rough first half at Memphis <laughs> for some reason, you know, you're not going to get nearly what you're going to get for him. Um, now granted, if he had a great first half in Memphis, maybe you'd have, you know, but then at the end, then on the other side, people are like kind of knowing that you need to trade him because you don't have a spot for him. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, it's, I was looking to, um, I'm on, uh, Kisner's uh, baseball reference page. He's arbitration eligible after this year. So they'll have him fairly inexpensive for the next few years, but he does turn 28 in February. Um, so that's that doesn't open any clear pathway where I was thinking right. that maybe they can move on in a year and then just move him into that spot. But you know, are you going to be a career backup at that point? You never right. know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just it doesn't. Uh, there's not a clear pathway. I don't know what kind of value you have in a situation like that. And and uh, you know, I don't know who how many teams are desperate for a catcher that they can develop. Um, yeah, I'm not so certain that that uh, that we ever see him in a Cardinal uniform again. But you know, we'll see. And I don't want this to sound like a criticism of the Contreras trade because we have talked yeah, in the no, past. No, no, no. You know, we've talked in the past about get the talent and then sort it out. Don't don't let yes. the fact that you've got a prospect coming up keep you from getting a you know maybe a shortstop or something like that. Um, and the Cardinals for typically do right. I mean, they are not wanting to block prospects at all. I like I said, I just they must be 
so down on Herrera. Um, because I just, I think, I think I could have believed a Christian Vasquez for two years or something like that, that a deal that, you know, isn't going to kill you if Herrera comes up and then Vasquez goes your backup and you have to get rid of Kisner or something like that. Um, I just don't feel like they think Herrera is going to be a starter in the next couple of years. And, yeah. You know, maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, but um, hopefully somebody out in the league thinks that he is. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, maybe back to your original point on that too. I don't know if they cared. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think that it was one of those that, hey, we have to, we have a huge hole to fill here. We have a guy that has killed us for a division rival. Right. We think he has something left in the tank, and we think that some of the uh, some of the uh, um, analytics that say he's not that great a catcher aren't necessarily correct. So well, let's go get the biggest name on the market type deal. And you know they they said from the beginning that's what they were going to do. So you know I don't know if Herrera ever it was rarely even in the cards at this point that they were they he could have been just shy of their win in Walker. And they they still maybe make this move, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's they, you know, I don't, that may not make a lot of sense, but I'm not maybe. even certain that he would have been high on their list if they don't sign Contreras, regardless. Maybe, maybe so. I mean, it is that he obviously does a little bit gap on those two guys because you know they're talking about not adding it about in the outfield. Yeah, because that's Walker's coming up, and I feel like that's a shortstop play as well. Yeah, that's very possible. Although, and and you know. Well, I don't want to get too far off Contreras right now, but, um, but yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with the deal. I I like it. I I still, to me, I think because we see so many of these big deals and stuff like that, when you see a top guy come off the board for less than a hundred million dollars for the term of his contract, it it feels weird, right? It feels like a bargain. It also feels like how the Cardinals not had a hundred million dollar man, that's not a guy they already have in their system. I mean, that's kind of weird, right? Because yeah. $87.5 million is your highest contract that you've given out to somebody that's, you know, not, you know, not extension or, or not a contract you've traded for. That just, I mean, that's the kind of thing just because of the way money is today. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily, but the way money is today, you feel like that's a situation you would hear from the Pirates, the Marlins, right? I mean, you know, for a, a team not to have, given out a hundred million dollar contract by this point in time, the way that that inflation has been in major league baseball over the last few years is, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, but I guess it just tells you, I feel like they're much more comfortable in the trade market than they are in the free agent market. Yeah. No, no, I, yeah. And that, that kind of comes back to uh, the Murphy situation, you know, when, whenever Mm -hmm. they were, uh, you know, when we heard that there was both directions and that would have been a better move. Now, the, the way it's it's weird. I mean, and you you may blow my my numbers theory out the water. Um, I know Murphy has the years of control, but arbitration wise, he may make more than Contreras next year if he has a good year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, depending on how the uh, the contract breaks down, you know, I'm not sure. Depending on how much he catches, and I was looking at that, and I was like, well, you would have you the two, maybe three years of control. Like I think it's just two, but I can't. Remember. I think it's just two. But after that, I mean, you're going to have to pay where you have Contreras now locked down for five years. Now, I'll also know that he has, he's, you know, three years older. Right. But, you know, the money-wise, I don't know if, if it would have been, if it, if it wasn't more prudent just to sign Contreras in that situation. Could have been. Could have been. I mean, you're definitely right that you get into arbitration. I don't know. I'm just, you know, Murphy's a guy that I just have 
paid a whole lot of attention to. Well, and he's on the West Coast. It's it's right. tough, you know. And I know, right? Not to plead ignorance on those, but Oakland's a tough place to watch a game anyway because I can't stand watching anything in the stadium. You know, other <laughs> yeah. than when the playoffs and it's just rough. But if you just watch a regular weeknight game out there, it's incredibly difficult to watch that. I've kind of put that in Toronto in the same thing. Those are tough games for me to watch just because of the setting of it. I don't know why. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, they're playing at midnight. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. it's tough. I, I have, I mean, again, and I'm not, it feels to me like a, a guy like that earning, I don't feel like he'd earned $10 million in arbitration. I could be wrong. Uh, at least not the first year. Um, you know, of course, Contreras' contract a little weird, right? I mean, he is making yeah. $10 million next year, and then it's like, back up to like 18 for the rest of the contract or something like that. Um, I don't, yeah, don't really know why the Cardinals are messing around with accounting tricks like this when it doesn't look like they're going to do anything with it. Right. You know, this, this off season, has been informed by the fact that at the press conference at the end of this season, <laughs> John Mosellock said payroll is going to go up. Right. And everybody took that as, okay, payroll is going to go up. Well, then we find out, well, it's going to go up because they're not counting the deferrals from the Colorado and they're counting the money that they're paying to, to Adam Wainwright. And, even with all that, as far as I could tell, Jeff Jones put out yesterday that right now the Cardinals payroll is for the 26 man's is up like $3 million. <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in the, in the, there, you, there's no guarantee that this isn't the team that they go to spring training with. Right. I mean, this, there's not enough, you know, they've got their catcher. There's not an obvious person they have to have. I mean, there's, parts that they could get or whatever. But so if that's the case and if payroll just goes up $3 million, I mean, that's barely inflation, right? I mean, that is not, let's go out and make a point that, that things going up. Right. I mean, that's just like, we'll, we'll see, you know, we've, we've got a little bit of room in the budget, blah, 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 blah. That's not, we're going to raise payroll. I, you know, I get that Mo is technically correct, and that's the best kind of correct. But I also think that he should know after a decade and a half that when he comes out and says something like that, how it's going to be taken. Yeah. Um, and, you know, don't get away from your formula uh, for dealing with the press if you're not going to get away from your formula of dealing with the players. Yeah. 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 Now that's, that's going to be, I noticed we have, <laughs> we've covered that a lot. Mm-hmm. The comment of, Hey, payroll's right. going up, but like, Hey, it has, you know, cause I can almost, I can almost hear him say that right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, I mean, it looks maybe some French type stuff or, Hey, you can come compete for a job in spring. You do wonder, you know, are they, you know, potentially done. And if you look at free agent pitchers and, and all that, there's, I know that we will probably get into that a little bit, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, even things on the market, they probably are done to be honest with you. I mean, when the, look, look the, the, I don't even know if it's going to be, 
if I'm not sure how this would go, just because whenever the the link to Swanson, which I don't know if it was ever true, was brought out, people started pushing back on that like crazy. Mm-hmm. But ah, he's not worth it. Well, you can tell by what the uh, the shortstops have made already that it's going to be tough to be worth it because that's that dollar value is going to be high right. enough to where he probably goes back to L or probably goes to LA anyway. Um, so knowing that the market, that the pitching market has dwindled down a little bit and you, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to go make a trade to bring in a, uh, um, bring in an arm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, where, where are we? I, you know what I'm saying? I think you're, you're spot on on that. I mean, where else are they going to spend money where it's going to raise mm-hmm. pretty well, where we thought was going to be a, a, a substantial raise to where ultimately this is just kind of market movement and that's they really didn't raise payroll at all essentially right well and, and i mean it, and that really to i think is where i why i started down that road i don't even know mm-hmm. there, but you know if you make that trade for murphy it, you know like i said he's probably not going to make 10 million dollars he you know he makes five or six million dollars let's say unless you sign him to some sort of extension or something but you know first year arbitration for a catcher that's not you know huge i mean not yeah i mean amazing yeah five four five six million dollars then all of a sudden you know payrolls decreased right i mean and and people are still probably happy because you got murphy but you know i don't know if there were plans that they had that they just that just didn't materialize i mean again we also think about the fact that nolan talked with mo before the whole you know before he decided to opt back in and was on board with whatever the front office was doing and felt like they had a plan yeah. Uh, to the point that he didn't opt out and probably cost himself. I mean, who knows what, I mean, some people are saying even maybe a hundred million dollars given the way money was getting thrown around this, this off season. Yeah. Possibly. So, um, so he's, you know, he's committed to whatever the front office is doing. So there may be more that we're not seeing. There may be, but, I feel like whatever it is, it's just weird. I mean, and it's, I don't know why it's weird because we do that. We have this conversation. It feels like every year, right? We get into spring, we get into the, and well, they could do this or they could do that. Or, well, I think they might. And then by this time of the year, we're like, yep, they didn't do anything. (laughs) You know I mean? And and I don't want to say Contreras is nothing, but I don't see that this team is, notably better than they were last year. When you factor in that the MVPs are probably going to ease up a little bit, but then you factor in, you know, Carlson and O'Neill getting better. Uh, you got Contreras. I mean, they, they're probably a little bit better, but it's hard to say that they're significantly different than they were last year. Yeah. They, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I really like the Contreras deal mm-hmm. on the fact of there were several guys in that, in the Cubs lineup that, you know, could sting you a little bit. Oh, yeah. But I felt like Contreras and Rizzo would hurt you, mm-hmm. you know. And I hope that makes sense. You know, it's yeah. one of those bias. He would get, he would, he would hit the timely bomb. They could typically get him out. You know, they they had, you know, it's. I Contreras is just one of those that was always a thorn in the side, and, and I just thought that he was a player, and I love what he brings to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds stupid, but he was the low hanging fruit for them. Yep. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, this, 
you could draw the path to this happening way back. It, and the only thing that kind of stopped me from thinking it was that, that it would happen, it was A, it was too obvious, and B, they had the draft pick compensation. Mm-hmm. And thought, well, they're going to make a trade because then that that clears up a little bit of the uh, middle infield clutter of maybe now let's 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 devote the bats to to two guys or three guys instead of potentially four and five guys, and let's see what we've got. And I thought that a trade probably preempted them to probably go get a shortstop. Um, I don't think that was ever the plan. I think that, that Contreras was too easy. I think he he uh, checks all their boxes. I think they needed a bat like his in the lineup. He's going to be twenty homer, twenty double, super athletic. You know, one of those type of situations. But I feel like that was the easy move for them to make. Um, and I know it's it's one of those where they can come back and say, "Well, you're ever going to be happy." You know, this was a this was a big big signing. But you know, this is the second shortstop market where they could go and do something to where make things uncomfortable organizational wise that they could have done. And they, then they didn't do it at a spot that has kind of been, you know, maybe, you know, I don't want to say negative value, but an, an area where they could have plus value and, and they didn't, and they failed to do it. And I think that what got us up at, fired up was the comments of, Hey, we are going to spend money to where you thought, okay, well, even if it's Contreras, they're going to go get an arm and they just didn't do it, you know? And that's, that's what's surprising because, is their game plan going to be to go try to find lightning in a bottle with three trades again at the deadline? You know, I, I think that's a little dangerous. Yeah. I mean, there comes a point and I was just, you know, there's a lot, a lot in there that you said, I don't want to get to, but there comes a point that, you know, I'd like to once get into the trade deadline and look for something that puts you over the top rather than fixing a hole. Right. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, the last couple of years, it's like it doesn't matter what kind of nice little, you know, luxury item might be on the trade market. You had to go get a pitcher because that rotation was, you know, spoiling smoke and falling apart. You never choice. Um, and, and to be fair, especially this last year and, and I guess both years, they with different approaches, they were able to do that. Right. And, and that's great. Um but you don't have to wait till the check engine lights on to take the tar in for a yeah, tune-up, you know? That's well put. Well, extremely well put. Uh, I just, you know, shortstop especially, you're right. And, and this is a situation we, we keep talking about. It's like, get a chance. If you've got a chance to get a generational talent, Bryce Harper, you know, you can make the argument on a lot of those shortstops, Korea, especially both years. Um, you do that because those chances don't come around very often. And so you can make your team better. Yeah. Is, is Tommy Edmond able to hold down a shortstop? Yes. I'm, we've, we've shown that. Is Tommy Edmond going to be a, you know, four or five war player for the next five years? Probably not. Is Carlos Freya more, more likely, right? Um, so you have a chance to, and I'm sure, you know, and the Cardinals will say, look, we did that with Goldschmidt and Arenado. And I get that. That's great. Um, I'm very happy that we have those guys. Um, but you have a chance to not only, you know, you have a chance to to do that with just cash. You don't have to give up any prospects that might hurt you. Um, and you have a chance to add to those guys. I mean, you don't have to just say, well, we've got two stars and we're done. 
you know, you could get better. And we've, we've seen that the national league is getting tougher, right? I mean, there are three teams in the East right now that could probably win the world series, right? Philadelphia, New York, um, Atlanta. I mean, all three of those guys, three teams are at least a chance to win the national league. Right. Um, you've got the Dodgers, you've got, um, you know, the Padres making moves. You still wonder about what, you know, if the Padres could all put it together. Um, just because you could, you know, fall asleep and win the national league central doesn't mean that's going to get you any closer to the actual goal I mean, it gets you closer, but not really, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, that's not really a, a test. And then, you know, when you get into this next year, when you don't play the central as much, you know, you might find out how much you're going to be hurting pretty quickly. Sure. Well, and here, my mind is racing on this. So I'm kind of speaking out of more emotion mm-hmm. than anything. Um, in, in three seasons, which I would probably, I, what would you put just gut feeling your uh, feeling is on Mason Wynn and his uh, his approach. Like when Would he'll you, be there? Like when he'll be there. Do you think we'll be 25? I I bet we see him at some point in 24. Now, whether he'll be 24. the starter or not, I don't know. But my feeling, I'm not, I'm no Kyle Reese, obviously, but um, that's my feeling is. No, I agree. I, 24, I agree. Well, and it's one of those to where in four years, is he going to be Xander Bogarts? You know what I mean by that? Is you're just like, you could actually get Xander Bogarts. And he was the third highest paid on that list of shortstops. No, they're not going to give to $180 million for anybody. I completely get right. that. But is that your expectation? Does that make sense that I'm saying that? Yeah. You're just like, yeah. you're like, okay, I understand the guy's close. But, man, you had Bogarts. I mean, you could get him. He went he went to a team that has two shortstops. Yeah. Yeah. That starts. You know what I mean? They're going to move a superstar to the outfield. Who, like, I'm on record of saying that that uh, Tatis is not the best shortstop and will eventually be moved. And I'm not patting myself up on the back, but I'm just saying they're willing to put themselves in an uncomfortable situation where I don't think the the Cardinals are in this situation. And this is the second time through on a couple of these guys, like you point out, Correa, that they could have got them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, to be fair, I also wonder about the Padres a little bit and just like. Well, if you get all those guys, is it going to actually <laughs> click and match? No, I, and I, and I think well, the office thinks about that a lot. Where I do agree with Mo, and I've said this forever, you never want to win the offseason. I know mm-hmm. that sounds stupid because that that's usually that's usually where chemistry issues come up. And I'll be and I, you know what? There was a headline yesterday. Machado's already said he's going to opt out. He's going to do what Arenado could have done. I mean, let's not let's. I know that we're just going to touch on this, but Arenado left a lot of money on the table. To come mm-hmm. back, you know, it could have been he could have been right up there with any of these guys that are that are signing. Would he have been the second best free agent on the market if he'd have left? I'd say he probably was behind Judge, and that would have been crazy. Uh, so Machado was like, "Hey, if you have all this, I'm I'm moving out. I'm going to get a raise," which I don't blame him. But uh, but you're right. I mean, I feel like this could be more trouble than it's worth. But but you know, circling back around, I mean, the Cardinals don't have that issue. I mean, they they could have right. signed a shortstop and figured it out from there. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I mean, there is something to be said for team chemistry and and making sure that the players you get fit your mold, if you will. I don't, I don't maybe a, not the exact word I want to say, but you know, the profile of the kind of guy you want. But, you know, they've taken steps away from that in the past as well. 
you know, AJ Przinsky, John Lackey. I mean, granted, they weren't guys that you necessarily planned on being there for a long time, but I don't think there's anybody out there right now that would be, you know, such a fly in the ointment in this team um, that you couldn't go get. I mean, maybe there is. They know those players better than I do. But uh, I will say, you know, I know a lot of people have said maybe it's PR, and maybe it is. I mean, it wouldn't be too surprising. But I don't know that we've had a guy come in to St. Louis saying as many right things as Wilson Contreras has. Sure. Right. Um, because even I was like, eh, okay. I was a little bit hesitant about it. You read all the stuff he talks about, about how he start, started thinking about being a Cardinal, you know, when two holes hit six ninety five and the way things were. And, you know, Yachty sent over a signed Jersey and he put it on and, you know, his wife said he looked good in it. You know, that really started making him feel like it. And then the whole idea of, and, and again, take this for what it's worth, but, you know, he said, you know, his agent said that Contreras told him, look, if you can get something done with the Cardinals, even if it's for less money, that's what I want to do. I mean, if, if you're now one, if you're waiting for a guy that's just like desperate to come to St. Louis, that would explain why you don't get so many guys. But, you know, when you've got a guy like that, that is so excited about coming to St. Louis, it really becomes hard not to try to make a, a deal with that guy. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, I thought the same thing. The, uh, you know, it's you wonder how much because we I mean, we heard late in the year about his connection with Quintana of, hey, what's it like playing over there? And Quintana came back and said, hey, it's awesome. You know, this and this and this. And and it goes back to not to sour the point that you're making of the uh, of the press conference or anything like that. But it is one of those where you look and think, uh, think, um, yeah, this this was way too easy for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? To, to make yeah. this happen. And yeah. uh I feel like it's going to work out. I I like the passion Contreras brings. You know, that's – and I feel like they need a competitor. Not that they have bad competitors now and, and you know, they have – they're solid across the board. But I, I do think he, he said the right things. And, I, I mean, I think he brings the heart that they're going to need. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, now, I will say I do have a concern. Again, we, we everybody knows that there's been that down – the negative about his catching. Yeah. So he's got a good arm, but you know, the framing and it, and, and you know, we all know that a step back from Yachty is going to happen. No matter. Right. I mean, even though Yachty may not have been, you know, top of his form the last couple of years, he's still been pretty good. And you know, anybody that you put back there is not going to be like that. I am wondering, this is my random theory thoughts. I am wondering if, this is going to hurt Adam Wainwright's last year. Um, we have, I feel like, you know, if Wainwright's not getting the calls on the edges, that's where a game goes south on him really bad, right? Yeah. Uh, if he's got to get, you know, the corners, he's got to get the edges, he's got to get, you know, maybe a little bit off the plate. Um, and when he can't, it seems like that's when he has to start, you know, he starts either walking people or has to start coming in and getting hit because if he gets stuff, his stuff is not good enough not to be hit if it's in the middle of the plate, you know. Um, he lives on the edges. I, and if Gertreras isn't going to be able to give him that, if that, I'm worried that we're going to see, you know, a 450 ERA from, from Wainwright 
you know, this year, or at least in the first half. And everybody's going to be like, man, this guy should have just hung it up at the end of the year. And, and, and I, I don't know, you know, maybe that's, that's putting too much on the catchers and maybe that's, you know, Wainwright definitely knows enough about um, his stuff and, and how to pitch that he can work around that. I mean, I even looked at, I, I thought it was worse, but you know, he had a little bit better ERA with Andrew Kisner than Yachty last year, smaller sample, of course. Um, but I just, you know, is it crazy for me to think that, you know, this is going to be a, a downgrade, especially to Wainwright uh, for the pitching staff? Yeah. You know, I wonder how much, I don't know, this is the old man barking a little bit, but <laughs> I, I, a lot of times I feel like those are just so overblown, mm. you know, but yeah. in, on the flip side, there's, there's also clearly a data out there that shows that that's there's some legitimacy to it. Um, you know, I, it's one of those to where you think, okay, this guy's a darn good offensive catcher and his throwing is his throwing. He is one of the strongest throwing arms in the league. His pop times right up there in the top 10 in the league. It's no, maybe even top eight, you know, which means he's athletic, you know, he's converted guy. I feel like sometimes these are nitpicking, but also when you're handing out, you know, 50 plus million dollar contracts, you do need, need to nitpick and move those mm-hmm. things around. Yeah. So I really don't know. I do feel like you have a valid point on that, you know, and that that's kind of concerning because it's, I know this just sounds, I know that sounds awful, but it's always one of those where I just feel like you're this, just that, that one, that one pitch from a blow up of any Wainwright start anyway, Mm -hmm. which me, which makes it even better whenever he's just an artist, you know, and he's just painting and and pulling that stuff around. So that, that I I feel like your concern is warranted on the flip side. I feel like maybe the, uh, his, uh, his function as a catcher, as as far as the framing and all that goes, is maybe a little overblown. Yeah, I could get that because I don't know that I would worry about it as much with anybody but Wainwright on this staff. I mean, I do think that's a possibility that the pitching staff takes a step back next year, but I don't know how much of a step back. And I don't know that the step back that the pitching staff takes because of Contreras behind the plate isn't going to be much smaller than the offensive step forward yeah. that the Cardinals are going to take with him behind the plate. So I'm not, I'm not really judging it there. It's just, it's just those, the particular situation of Wainwright. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> we all want Adam to go out like Pujols did, right? 100%. You know, um, you know throwing a nine inning shutout his last start or something like that. Yeah. Um, but when you factor in what we saw in September from him, which he thinks he's fixed, we'll see if he has, um, plus a new catcher like that, you know, it, it makes me worried that that he's going to, it's going to get rough on him and it's going to be like, like, like Pujols did last year. You know, we didn't know it, but, you know, in back in July, he's thinking about retiring, you know, yeah. uh, before everything kind of clicked, you know, is is Wainwright going to run into a situation like that in part because it's like, I'm just not getting these pitches that I I need to get. And I'm not, not saying he's going to cast aspersions on Contreras. He's you know more about, he can't, you know, adjust to that. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure that's overblown a bit, but that's my feeling is, you know, I hope Adam Wainwright doesn't wish he had retired at the end of the season. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And that's, yeah, that's concern. And which go, which may even point to some, to a bigger issue to kind of rally back to where we started. Um, you know, he, he, outside of Flaherty, he's going to be the team's ace. Mm -hmm. So they're going to need every, every inch that, that they get out of it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if there's, if there's a situation where he feels like he probably should have retired last year, then the Cardinals may be in some trouble. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that gets us to probably the, the free agent signing that didn't happen that I don't think anybody necessarily expected to, but thought it should. Uh, Carlos Rondon signs with the Yankees for a deal that's expensive, but not necessarily like market setting. It wasn't a Verlander or anything like that. Um, it it was in the, I mean, the Cardinals wouldn't have been comfortable, but the Cardinals could have made that move and still not been that close to the luxury tax threshold. Um, when you look at this pitching staff, now granted, and we've said this before, it's very difficult for the Cardinals to go sign a free agent pitcher because they have six starters or more. And so if you're a free agent, do you, you know, it, it, they can't guarantee you the time. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. you know, go sign where, where there's a need, not where there's a, a want. So maybe the trade market is what they have to do. Yeah. But they've got, I just don't, you know, we, we talk a lot about strikeouts of the, in this rotation. There's just not any there. I mean, if, if Flaherty is not 2019 Flaherty, and I think it's pretty safe to say he's never going to be 2019 Flaherty. He's, I mean, but still there's not, there's a lot of ground balls that are coming, which is going to be interesting with no shift um, or limited shift. Um, there's just not a lot of that strikeout potential. And Rodon brought that. Yeah. Um, is that, I mean, do they, do you think they make a deal for a, a strikeout pitcher? And is there even a strikeout pitcher available to get? Yeah, that's, I've, it, I started looking through some potential trades and, you know, that's the one that I say one thing, but, you know, a strength of Mo is to find is to turn over some stones and find those. You know, right. those uh, those hidden gems a little bit. It makes me wonder. I here's the what just is baffling to me is the six starter comment where I felt like, and this man, somebody that's a club insider may laugh at this comment. I felt like there was times last year during Dakota Hudson starts where Marmol clearly didn't like Hudson. And I felt oh, like yeah. there was movement around skipping him and starts where it, it, the signs pointed to that being believable, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that there was, that there was trouble on the horizon there. So to say that it makes me wonder if that six starters, not Libertor and Hudson maybe you know, left out, but that's, that doesn't seem to be the case that they, they still have a little bit of faith there, which is really surprising to me. Um, so it's one of those to where, and is this going to be the off season where also some of the money that, uh, that they said they're going to spend is going to be the Montgomery extension and really Ooh. going to, or are they going to try to make it a Flaherty extension? I mean, I, I don't know, but that concerns me. I, I do feel like they're a starting pitcher short. I think they're going to be solid, but not great. And what concerns me is that they, that they may have to upgrade at, at the, uh, at the deadline again, which, which is dicey, you know, that's, yeah. I, I don't know, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it goes back to it to where it's like, okay, Put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. And I'm not even certain that Rodon was the guy. But when he was the last name out there and you heard some links, which I don't know if, how much legitimacy there was to that, but it is somebody that you could sign to come in and improve your rotation, and they just they either failed to do it or, or were never intent on doing it. 
Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, if you're looking at a a playoff rotation right now, you know, you've got to hope that you've got a good Flaherty. And then what, you know, Michaelis again is your second, which is okay. But, yeah. you know, you, if you run up against the Mets and they're throwing out, you know, Scherzer and Verlander and then Quintana and then who else they've got. I mean, uh, you know, that's tough to go up against. Um, you know, maybe if you match up against the Phillies again, you hope that you can outpitch them. But, you know, we saw how that worked last year. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the Dodgers and others. I, you know, I just don't, you know, I don't think that this team, this team is a, is good enough to win the Central. There's no doubt about that, especially since there's, you know, the Brewers have not necessarily improved themselves and all that. They're, they're fine. To, to, they're definitely a marathon team, but the playoffs are a sprint and they're not designed for that because um, they need they need a, at least a hammer at the very beginning, right? Yeah. You've got to have an ace to take on that ace. And hopefully Flaherty can do that. But we're quite a ways from the Flaherty, you know, renaissance. No, I, I, I agree. I agree with know, that. And, 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 and we know what Flaherty can do, but he's also had injuries and stuff since then. And I don't know if he, I don't know if he can do that again. Uh, hopefully he can. And the Cardinals don't necessarily have any, you know, superstar pitchers coming up. We have to see what Libertor can do. I, you know, I don't think it's too early to write him off, but I still also think he's probably a three at the most. Um, you know, and the fact that the Cardinals have nobody but who? Who's the, who's the only one? Mats. Mats is your only pitcher under contract for 2024 right now. Um, I, you know, it does feel now. This kind of makes me feel, you know, when they're hearing these rumors about Max Fried out of Atlanta being available, that kind of picture feels like the kind of guy that Mo might go get, right? Still a couple of years of control um, or a guy that they think that maybe they can extend. That I could, that kind of made me feel like, but, you know, other than that, I don't, I don't know that there's, you know, people, people value strikeouts and I just don't think that there's going to be a big arm on the market unless, you know, unless they're right there at free agency. I, I don't, I don't know what he does. I do feel like they probably still make a trade because they have these extra yeah. parts, but I don't know where they're looking. No, no, I know it's tough because you look, Hey, one, you look at maybe the, the Uvalde situation. You think he's out there. You can mm-hmm. probably get him fairly inexpensive compared to what the market is. Maybe bring some strikeouts, but the thing is, is that's another that is another draft pick, yeah, in Boston. So you're like, that's not going to happen. So you almost think it has to go the trade route now. And if there was any doubt that it wouldn't at all, but you just you do wonder if that's out there and what they would have to move to make that happen. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it's I'm not certain. I mean, and and let's put it. I'm even worse. I'm skeptical they make a pitchy move. And you know, I think it goes back to something you said earlier about low hanging fruit and everything like that. It has been a while. For the most part, especially in the off season, it's been a while since Moe's made a trade that hasn't seen that a target hasn't been pretty obvious. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Ozuna trade, the Arenado trade, the Goldschmidt trade, all those trades, you knew they were looking and they, they were attached to these people. And it was just like, 
will they get it done? Well, they won't, you know, even Stanton when they were trying to make that deal. I mean, if you go to the mid, you know, mid year, that's a little bit different. Um, but so the Montgomery trade might be a little bit like that. That might be the last like surprise trade, but even that, according to most of the reports we saw, the Yankees came to them with that trade, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, yeah, I think it's a fair argument to say that this front office, I don't know if I should say it. But I, I don't know how creative they are. Let's put it that way. Sure. Um, you know, are they going to, you know, if it's an obvious deal, if it's a guy that, yeah, everybody's talking about being moved. Sure. But is there, you know, can they go get a guy that we hadn't even thought of that, you know, nobody has even suggested is really available. Um, I, I don't know, because I think that that means you have to give up players that you don't want to give up. Sure. And the Cardinals are really hesitant to do that. So, it, you know, if you've got a guy that at least has a market, then I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I think you're, you're onto something there a little bit there is that, you know, all these deals that they make, some of them are really big and some of them are really great but not a whole lot of them are a surprise or a creative, creative move. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those maybe conservative to a fault. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you're right. I mean, it's, it's one of those, there, there's one that even I know I don't want to go down this path. I just want to say though, it's one of those to where you knew it wasn't going to happen. It made a lot of sense to happen, but they weren't going to pay that check. But mm-hmm. you just look at what Harper has done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Harper's worth in Philadelphia is just is is absurd. He's he, they probably don't pay him enough, and mm-hmm. it's one of those to where you know you like when we were on the show last year. You like you this he is a superstar that you know is going to hurt you in one of these playoff games, and he homered that day. Yep, you know, yep. and he was hurt. You know, one of those, you just want them to get out of the comfort zone one time, but I don't know. I'm not certain we're ever going to see that. It would be a surprise, right? I mean, I don't know what it would take, honestly, because this team is comfortable with how they do things. Yeah. And they're successful with how they sure. do things. Let's yeah, that's the argument. That, that's the argument where, you know, come... October, we're going to be like, okay, well, they're back. Let's see what happens yeah. now. You know what I mean by that? And that's yeah. now I do think that the the fruit of goodwill and that's running a little thin too, which then it turns into how selfish of a fan base are we? But right. that right. goes somewhere else. Yeah, and I mean it's different than when you know in the '40s they were the best team in baseball for a while. You know, the '60s they were probably the same way, but you know that was different too. I mean, you had to win the National League. And that's it. You know, then you're going to the World Series, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the 80s, they were they were not the best team in baseball for an extended period of time, right? I mean, they were up there, but they were up and down, right? It was every every odd year kind of type of thing. Um, yeah, you know, you maybe I guess the the 2000 early 2000s and you know, 4 or 5 4 and 5 especially they were, but after that, you know, I just don't Right now, they don't want to be, or they don't have this pressing need to be the best team in baseball overall. I mean, the the, the Dodgers have that, right? The Dodgers yeah. are committed to, we're going to be, you know, it may not work out. You know, they've only got one World Series to show up for it. But 
they're going to be considered the best team in baseball or the best team in the National League or right there. I mean, they're going to be a guy, a team that's uh, you think, you know, odds on favor to win the World Series, um, to be a strong team. Cardinals just aren't that and aren't really concerned with that. And maybe that's a factor of playing in the Central. Maybe that's a factor of, of how things have worked out for them. Maybe that's a factor of, you know, yeah, excessive conservatism. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a factor of all of that to, to give combined, but they're not, they're really consider this. I, let's get to the playoffs and find out what happens. Well, yeah. The problem is you're not building a team that can do much when you get to the playoffs um, because we're, we know what the kind of team looks like. Um, you, you can roll the dice all you want and every once in a while it'll come up before you, but you know, if you've got a number one, uh, there's five other numbers that can come up. Your odds aren't good. Um, you know, if you can wait the dice, then that's a different story. And that's, you know, what I think we want the Cardinals to do is kind of wait the dice for the postseason. And they're not, that's not where they want to go. And yeah, that's, we'll, we'll see if it pans out for them. No, I completely agree. And it's, yeah. It, and it seems like they have the resources to maybe make just that one singular move that could probably change things pretty substantially that, that, that they don't do. And I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it's difficult because you're thinking, well, I mean, this, this could put you over the top. You can run away with the division and, uh, and, uh, and make it, make a serious move on this. I mean, and it's one of those to where with, with Corbin Burns, even a, a lesser Milwaukee team, in my opinion, yeah. they get in the playoff there. You have a pretty good chance of beating somebody. And I just don't know if the Cardinals yeah. have anybody that, you know, that can come in and win that game. Like he, like he could, that's where yeah. I feel like even winning the division. I mean, I don't know if you're, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I can, I can talk in circles on this. It just feels like there's areas to improve that they don't fail to do. And they kind of get, um, it's one of those situations where, well, we, we develop pitching so well that we can go out and find that hidden gem at the deadline. And and I just feel like that's awful dicey. Yeah. I mean, you could spend, I mean, I, I, you could spend all season beating the Brewers, but there's also a possibility that you're the third best team in the league. You get, you know, you're, you're you, you get, you could face them in the first round and lose because of Burns and Woodruff. Um, you know, I'm not saying that they would, and I'm not saying that the Brewers are to that point. But you know, you know what I'm saying. They have two good pitchers, and that could beat you in a three game series. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, this, the off season's not over, so maybe Mo has something up his sleeve that we don't know about. But you know, signing, you know, there was that report of them looking for a veteran swingman. I'm like, that's pretty much all this team has. Right yeah, now. no, I agree with that. that. Yeah. Um, you know, if that's what kind of thing that they're doing, that they're just going to kind of get some inning either that can do this or what? I, no, well, don't do that. Cause I'd much rather probably see if Matthew Libertor can make a, a jump or, you know, can Zach Thompson fill in a spot or well, I don't want to see Dakota Hudson, but you know, still, I mean, if you're going to spend, you know, $10 million to get the same kind of production you could out of Dakota Hudson. Then what's the point? You know, I know we talk about spending, but I think we want smart spending, not just throw away money spending. Although if you want to yeah. throw away money, if you want to throw away money at this podcast, you know, John, <laughs> John will say, look, we'll take it. Um, but 
I don't, I don't know. I, I just, it's, a, it's just, we're in the same, same kind of spot we're in. Yeah. And if you're in the same kind of spot that you've been in the last few years, don't expect different results than you're getting. Sure. And that's, if you were going to go with what you, if you felt you were good enough after the Contreras deal to go ahead and make things happen, I feel like you bring Quintana back. Yeah. He did start game one of your playoff series for you. And if you feel like you're going to get a bounce back from, uh, from Wainwright and those guys that have figured some stuff out and met in a potential of Flaherty, well, that's the low hanging fruit move right there. Have a guy that probably wants to come back yeah. that you don't do. And now they're exposed a little bit. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. No, no, we didn't. Um, and, and maybe those, but you know, the thing is that when we like say, well, maybe there's another move and hopefully there is. Yeah. But you know, we're like I said, we're here recording this on the 17th. Baseball's basically shut down, right? Yeah. I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot of going on this next week, probably. Then you've got the Christmas holidays and New Year's. And then you turn around and it's like, you know, early January is, is yeah. going to warm up for the Cardinals. They don't, you know, they're not doing anything that first week or two, probably. They occasionally made a deal around, you know, they made the Jason Hayward deal around the warm up time. But, you know, and then once warm up's done, you're like, what, two weeks from spring training. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, this, the calendar flies by. And so it's hard for me to say they may have another move. Um, they may, but it's also very easy to say that they're going to sign some, not, you know, some, you know, guy invite him to spring training and see what he's got. I, yeah, you know, it, no. and that's not, that's not helpful. No, I agree. And that's, that's what concerns me a little bit, but yeah, I mean, there is time, but not as much as you think. And you're right. There's that, that, uh, you know, unofficial, you know, down period that we're getting ready to run into. So things would have to happen fairly quickly, which I don't know if the Cardinals have ever done that, you know, someone in December, especially mid to late December. So, so I don't know. I mean, it's, I have a feeling we're going to wait until right around the time of spring training when they start moving some, if they do anything at all. Right. Could be. And I mean, you know, they got Nolan at the end of January, a couple of yeah. years ago. So um, that's, that's the way it goes. All right. Um, I know we were hit about our hour, but it does seem like we need to probably address something else that's happened with the Cardinals over the last couple of weeks. I think it was right after our last show that um, within, you know, a week or a day or two after our last show that uh, Dan McLaughlin was caught for the third time uh, driving under the influence. And then this week it was, I think everybody expected this. Um, at least some would agree. Yeah. Uh, he was let go slash resigned uh, from his broadcasting duties. And I assume anything that he was doing with the Cardinals as well. I think that's a separate contract, in the, but I'm sure that that's um, not going to happen either. Um, I, to some degree, I'm a little bit surprised that they went ahead and finally let Dan go completely. I mean, I could have easily seen that, okay, he's not going to be on the broadcast this year and we're going to let him get help and all that stuff. And hopefully he can return. But I think it's the right thing to do is, I mean, driving under influence is, is, is not good, obviously. No. And do it yeah. three times in a, in a situation where he knows the whole situation. He knows the cost. He knows what's involved here. I, I think that I don't think you do him any good by letting him, you know, keep his job. No. Yeah, I agree. 
I completely agree with that. Uh, as, as difficult as it is for me to say, you know, that's it was the right move. You could kind of see the writing on the wall on the third time. Um, it stinks because I'm a yep. huge fan. Um, I'm a, uh, you know, my, I feel like the Cardinals broadcasts are the, are the best. I know that we nitpick them a little bit on, you know, the, the color guys sometimes. And I'm, I'm right there with everybody. But I'm a big McLaughlin fan. I subscribe to the show. I read the newsletters, you know, follow his podcast. Uh, I hope that I can continue doing that. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, it's going to be a huge hole, I feel like. But it's also one of those to where um, one is too many, three is troublesome, you know, to get picked up on this. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a sad state of affairs, especially for a guy that clearly family means a lot to him. He's he's huge in the St. Louis community. He raises a ton of money. These are no excuses by any means, but it's still, you, you just wonder, you know, someone with your celebrity, you should get a ride home. Yeah. To not be in that state of mind, it worries me of a person about how, how deep this sickness goes really. And, uh, and that's, 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 that's trouble. You know, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, it stinks, honestly. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, you know, it's very easy for us to sit back and say, you know, you got to know better. You got to know that yeah. you're lucky to have had your job after the second one back, you know, what a decade ago now. Um, you you got to just, you got to just please yourself better than that. Um, but I also understand that, you know, when addiction gets you that it's, you know, Sure. It's really easy for you to just say, I, I'm, I'm in control of this. Uh, I can do it. I can have one. I can have two. And then, you know, you're not making smart judgments um, at all. Uh, again, not an excuse. I mean, you should know better. I mean, he, sure. he definitely should have known. He should have. And I don't, you know, I don't know where he was at. I don't know where this happened, but you got, I mean, who's, you got to be with somebody, right? I mean. I would think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, mean, it, I don't know that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. It's it's and it was in yeah yeah I I don't know it that's it's just baffling to me. It, it, that's what worries me the most because there are resources out there to get you home now. Yeah, there yeah. are you know you, you're with somebody. I mean, clearly I I don't it I don't know. That's that's the most troubling aspect of it to me as well. Yeah, it's a uh, I don't know. I just. You know who, and again, like that. Not only was he with somebody. I mean, people. I mean, people know his situation, right? I mean, yeah. I feel like you know Danny Max, a guy that people in St. Louis, you know, know appreciate, love. I, I feel like if he's in a situation where he's doing that, people, somebody tr- should be looking out for him too, right? I mean, not that he didn't need to be looking out for himself, but somebody needs to say, "Hey, man, you don't let me call you a cab, or let me, let yeah, me you know," and. And maybe they tried and, you know, he just wasn't successful. But, you know, I think that if somebody just lets him go, then you know, what you, you know, you're kind of, I'm not saying you bear a responsibility of that too, but maybe a little bit. Um, and again, that's, that's assuming he was in a situation. I mean, he may have been at one of these golf tournaments where he's moving around and, you know, a drink with one person and a drink with that person. And he's socializing and people don't really necessarily realize how, how much he's had. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I, I, again, I just, 
there's no doubt how much that job meant to Dan McLaughlin. Yeah. Um, that that was everything he could have wanted in life, right? I mean, he was, he's broadcasting his hometown team in his hometown. I mean, just and, – and just and doing it well. He'd done it for – this was going to be his 25th year to do it. I mean, he – you know, or at least in – in the on the in the broadcasting business you know to to throw all that away i think one does show how how powerful addiction can be but um man i just don't know i don't i don't know i i I hope that he gets the help he needs i do think the fact that he lost the job helps because if that was still sitting out there i think it'd be very easy for somebody like that to rationalize that it, it wasn't that bad, you know, yeah. or, I mean, well, you know, I, it was bad, but at least I didn't lose that. You know, I, I think, you know, the cliches, you got to hit rock bottom sometimes. And I think, you know, knowing that that job was taken away from you, maybe that helps him. I hope it does. I hope it does. But I also wonder, yeah, I wonder what does this mean for his media empire? If you yeah. want to call it that, you know, I've kind of looked through, what Bernie's putting out. And of course they haven't made any reference to it. Um, I don't think anybody, I don't, there's nothing on the site that I've seen that, you know, addresses it, which is understandable. I'm not saying that sure. they had to put a big, you know, yeah, they're you know. probably figuring it out themselves. Probably, but it's, it's difficult. Don't you think to, to keep scoops with Danny back? You know, I mean, uh, I don't think that has the cash. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah. We'll see how that goes. And then of course the biggest issue, biggest thing for, for Cardinal fans is who fills that seat. Um, There are a lot of people that have been involved in the um, broadcast over the last few years, but Danny Mac's the only play by play guy. I mean, he's done basically every game. I can't think of a game that he didn't do the play by play for. Um, I mean, there was at least one game. He just, he was the only one in the booth, right? He didn't even have a, a broadcast partner. I forget, I forget which game that was, but uh, you know, if he hasn't done a game, it's because it's been on national TV. So, I mean, they've got to go outside of the organization to, to get somebody, unless they're getting somebody up from Memphis or something like that and trying them out. And I'm not, I'm not opposed to that uh, at all. I don't have any real, I just, I'm just interested. I don't have any real opinion on who they should get or anything. I'm just interested to see how that works. You know, I agree. Um, I, you know, the names start flying out, but I was like, those are huge shoes to fill no matter how, yeah. no matter how we look at it. And, um, and it's a coveted position. I mean, you know, I mean, let's put it, I mean, Buck Costas, right. Buck, you know, that's pretty substantial. Right. Yeah. This, you know, the good thing about Cardinal baseball is it's had a lot of good voices over the years. And, and, and it's a feedback loop to some degree because those voices help make the, the, the passion of the fan base better, which means that you get better voices and, and, and things like that. And there is no doubt that in this field, this is a good job. I mean, yeah. the Cardinals consistently rank in the top two or three in ratings. Um, you've got a good product on the field. Like I said, we may not be the best product, but it, you've got a good product. You've got a chance at postseason. Um, although I guess in a, for a broadcaster like that, you're not really doing postseason, but still, you, you know, you're not 
sitting in Pittsburgh trying to figure out what you're going to talk about today when the team's 40 games under five. Yeah, exactly. You know, stuff like that. You know, you're going to have pennant race baseball and stuff like that for the most part. So it's going to be an attractive job. It's just, you know, are they going to hire somebody that's doing it from another team? Are they going to try to do a little bit like the Dodgers did with Vin Scully and get a, a young guy like Joe Davis, who obviously very talented and has done a good job in the since Scully left, but you know, it's kind of starting to develop his own national following. Are they going to get a guy like that that they think is a you know an up and coming talent to, to do it? Um, do they? I feel like there's enough time that they don't have to piecemeal it like they did after Jack Buck's passing, you know, yeah. they kind of build somebody in and then before they went out and got Rooney. Um, I, I think they've got some time to make a good hire, but you know, maybe not. Maybe they, maybe they find somebody that they could do it for a year. And I just hope it's not Ricky Horton. Um, and then they find somebody with a better search later on, or maybe they even bring them in mid season. I mean, yeah. there's no telling. I just, I'm very, it's going to be very, I don't know. I, I, I like Danny Mac. I'm not as big of a, a Danny Mac fan as I think everybody else is. I do really like him. I think he does a good job. But it's going to be different to hear a different voice there, right? I mean, that's oh, just yeah. be so, so strange. I mean, it's a little bit like, I haven't listened to the radio as much in the last year or so, but, you know, when you turn it on and you don't hear Mike Shannon after a while, then it's like, well, it's weird. Uh, you yeah. know, you can't kind of think about it. You know, I mean, it's still got Rooney, so that helps. But, yeah, I mean, and the interactions that, that Dan had with Thompson and Edmund, oh, it, and yeah. that, that, that's stuff you can't replicate. They just have to try to hopefully find, and, and this may be the time, tell me if you think this is accurate, if you think you agree with this, this may be the time to stop the rotating analyst and really get, a two-man booth instead of sometimes it's Thompson, sometimes it's Edmonds, you know, sometimes it was McCarver, you know, instead of, you know, just get a guy, get Brad, you know, and again, this may be not possible because of their other responsibilities, but let them spend the season together and really develop that. Agree. Agree. I know. I completely agree with that. Um, I'm a big Thompson fan anyway. Yeah. Um, the, um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, this could be the most interesting move of the off season, really to see how, uh, how yeah. they fill this role. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, that's, uh, that's true. <laughs> it may be, that's, uh, uh, maybe hopefully, uh, maybe Bally sports is a little bit more creative than Mo can be. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I do hope, and I, again, I, I know it's difficult and I know whoever comes in, it's just like, to some degree, Contreras coming after Molina. It's going to be, you're not as good as. That's, you know, but just I hope that people let this guy, whoever it is, or, and I say guy, it could be a woman. That's that, that's fine, too. Um, it would be very interesting, just that. Um, whoever it is that comes in, I hope that Cardinal fans will give them the space they need to grow into this job. Um, Cause I think, I think back to just, you know, there were times where, you know, I think 
like 10 years ago, maybe even, and that's maybe even farther back, but I, you know, Danny Mac was not as beloved as he was uh, at one point than he is now. Right. I mean, there were people that wanted, probably wanted him gone after his first few years. Um, and now nobody would say that. I, I just hope that Valley sports is, or, and, and there's, you know, questions about how long this whole broadcasting thing is going to last anyway. Um, no. But I hope they've got some leeway and they don't just like, oh, nobody liked this guy. So they're pulling them up. I, I want whoever it is. I want them to make a good choice, but I also want them to let that person have a chance to really establish themselves. Um, because I think that no matter what people think in year one, they're probably going to like them a lot better in year four or five. Sure. I know. I completely agree. And that's, uh, you know, it's one of those, you hear a bunch of uh, names thrown around, which which we have no clue who they're talking to or right, how right. it's going to work. But but you're right. The, the up-and-comer would be awesome. And, you know, it's, you have big shoes to fill, so be patient if that's the case. Now, I will say, it's never going to happen. But it would be kind of crazy if uh, uh, Joe Buck, came back and McCarver did a game together. Did a game together. We think it, you know, you think it's a playoff game because it's Buck and McCarver and it's like, you know, April against or August against pirates or something like that. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, if, if nothing else, do a little guest stunting. Let's see if they'll do those two will do one game together. It, I mean, what I'm drawing a complete blank, but uh, have they, yeah, he lives in Tulsa. Uh, who is who did Danny Mac? Who I can't think of his name. He does the uh, scorecards and everything. Uh, he's now the Nationals play by play. Oh, Bob Carpenter. Yeah, is that a realistic possibility? There was some discussion of that online. Um, and John Raby, uh, who follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Um, he pointed out. He said he's not like his in his thinking, and he's he said, you know, look, Carpenter's seventy, uh, so he's not yeah. like a long term solution. And he's pretty established in um, Washington. I'm not saying it's impossible, but, you know, you got to look. Does he want to uproot himself for the last three or four years of his career or whatever the case may be? I mean, he could go longer. Who knows? But I'm just saying, you know, thinking if he's thinking if he's thinking about retirement sometime soon, does he want to come back for that? He might. Um, You know, I just I would I mean, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's. A, I would say he's going to be on a list probably of people they at least talk to. Yeah, um, you know that said, that's that's on what MASN or whatever that that you know it's yeah, different, and they may pay more. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it really may be yeah, in the case as well. I don't know, um, but yeah, I I don't. I think that's that's a name that's 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 a name that's more reasonable than. Buck and Costas, I think. I mean, I get the idea that maybe some people talking about, you know, a timeshare between those two, um, you know, or, you know, some sort of, you know, at least, uh, you know, 30 or 40 games from each one of them, maybe get somebody off the road games. I think, not saying that's impossible, but I don't think they're, I, I think Carpenter is more likely than that. I don't know that Carpenter's likely, but I think it's more likely than, the, than that situation. Yeah, that's it. It would be interesting. That was the uh, I hadn't even thought about that until we were on the show just now. And I was like, you know, he lives right down. He, I mean, he's in Broken Arrow, so he's not far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it may be that he's he's interested in coming to a little yeah. bit closer to home. Um, but you know, 
that Nationals team, you know, it's got a World Series. Um, it's a place where he, I mean, he went there from St. Louis, right? So he's been there. Wow. Has he been there almost their whole entire career? Wow. I mean, the Nationals came in in, what, 05? Yeah. I imagine he he was there not too long after that. I can't remember when he was in St. Louis. Let me see if I can pull up his career real quick. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 absolutely not. I can't read it. Yeah. Uh, nope, it doesn't tell me. Gotcha. Wikipedia well. doesn't tell me very easily when his uh, career was here, but uh, he's been there a while. Uh, he was there in 2014. Uh, cause he earned the DC sportscaster of the year in that regard, that area. So, um, yeah, he's, he's been there, um, a long time. Oh, he's been there since 2006. So yeah, I guess I should read the first line of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what I'm looking for. So he's been there. He's been the voice of the nationals since, you know, their second year. Um, I think it would be, that might be that might be a pull that he he'd like to end his career there. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. All right. Well, um, we've gone along a little bit, but you know, I think it's been a, a good discussion. Alan and I do plan one more show, uh, for 2022, probably come at you, uh, new year's Eve, the morning of, I don't think anybody wants to spend ringing in a new year listening to us, but you never know. Um, but until, until then, I hope everybody has a good holiday season. Uh, and for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. The final time, Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, in regular season play. Here it comes. All of them coming out. Three icons in franchise history. Spanning over two decades, excellence here with St. Louis as Adams head to Yachty and Albert, you guys go first.